Welcome to Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. All right. So we are here with Rob Gaspar, who is a hairstylist, salon suite company, product line, salon owner, and I'm sure I'm forgetting something. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Rob. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me. My, uh, my, my name is obviously Rob Gaspar. I am the, uh, the founder of Sunday Salon Suites. I also um, developed a product line called Mast and then built a chain of barbershops to go around it. Uh, but I, prim- I did start um, off with my, my one salon uh, that I had in downtown Edmonton called Salon Blood. And uh, yeah, here we are today. Awesome. And so, so how did you get into, let's take it back a little bit. How did you get yeah. into the hair industry? Because you're also a hairstylist by trade, right? I am. Yeah, I've been doing hair for 26 years. Still crazy enough. Still do do hair behind the chair um, <laughs> three days a week. So I started at uh, I started at 15 years old. Um, I uh, kind of just landed on it by accident. Family friends of ours. There's actually three brothers. Uh, family friends of ours were hairdressers. They're all dudes, and they always had amazing clothes on and beautiful girlfriends. So I wanted to go and work <laughs> at that shop. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> and uh yeah and you know it, it, by chance like it, they just kind of started me off just sweeping hair and shampooing um and i worked my way up to the ranks and became fairly passionate about it and, and, and eventually quite successful at it oh that's so, amazing it's, it's pretty cool yeah yeah so when did you open because you said you've had your salon is that a commission salon in downtown yeah, that was uh, in t- uh, 2008. We opened up Salon Blunt, and uh, primarily it was just um, you know a salon that we opened uh, with at the time. And at that time, 2008, we thought bigger is better, so we opened up the shop with like 13 styling chairs, both myself and a partner I had at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we just started recruiting and, and building up a team from there. Um, extremely hard and very difficult. Um, and at that time, again, the mentality was like, we got to go big or not. Yeah. Um, and a lot of growing pains came from that for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Well, I got into the hair industry at birth. My mom was a salon owner, but I started mm. working behind the chair in a salon in about 2006. And just yep. the amount of changes that have happened since then are insane. Correct. I agree. And you know, it all stems kind of like there, we are such amazing people. We are always on top of trends when it comes to the actual hair, the development of hair, the color, the texture. And we were, we were always, we are always ahead of everything else. But mm-hmm. when it came to like the practice of business, we are archaic. Um, we just went, even to this, to this day, sometimes you come out of school and you're like, okay, now I have to work in a commission salon, then mm-hmm. eventually rent a chair and then eventually open up my own shop. And, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of trained that way. You know, you ask young kids in, in, in hair school now, you're like, uh, what do you want to do? Well, I want to open up my own shop. And that's just the only thing they want to do. Totally. And again, nothing is like, it's just one straight line. And, you know, what we've done now and because we have to, um, you have to pivot as much Absolutely. as you can. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting that you say that because I remember thinking several times throughout my career, like, okay, now I should be starting to think about opening my own salon. And yeah. I just, the fact that I've really felt this strong pull not to, and it's not about being self-employed, like all of that I love, but I just never wanted to be tied down to the location um, right. because it just felt like such a huge, uh, it felt like a really big ask to me to think like, oh, I'm going to stay in this one spot for five to 10 years. And so I always was like, Oh, like, how am I going to be successful then up until the past like five years when things like coaching and online education and independent education really started to come to the forefront. I think a lot of hairstylists were feeling a little bit lost if they didn't have that, you know, this is the line that we follow in order to be successful. 
Uh, and I totally agree. Now, uh, it, it's so funny because it, you are embedded. I mean, even when you're telling your parents, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to be a hairdresser, they automatically go, oh, my God. Um, you're going to be poor. <laughs> and, well, mm-hmm. then we have to save up money for a salon because that's the only way you're going to make money. And that's not okay. Totally. <laughs> yeah, that's – I mean, it, I'm sure if you ask any type of salon owner that's owning um, a salon, a big salon, and the cost of running a salon at this point, it's extremely difficult to make money. And oh, yeah. um, I think a lot of the time that social media played a part in that because now we follow we follow individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's so funny because when I go back and I ask even my team, um, like, why do you love this particular social media person? Oh, she does this, this, this amazing, or he does this, this, this. And then if you ask them, what is the salon that they work at? They have no idea. Oh, so it's true. Not about the salon anymore. It's about the person. And, and that kind of changed it. So now you have these, you know, you have salon owners like myself. You're like, oh, you know, it's not about us. It's not about us, you know, being this like salon anymore. Because if, if you know, you're establishing yourself on social media right then and there, that's a business. That is yeah. truly a business. You can make it a business and, and you, you can. Uh, there's hundreds and thousands of hair, hairdressers and anyone else in the beauty industry that is making a lot of money on just social media. And they do not have to have a brick and mortar. No, that's so true. To touch on kind of what you said about it matters about the individual now, that is one of the major shifts since I entered the industry. I remember when I first started doing hair, it was literally all about where you worked. That was the cornerstone of your reputation, right? right. I know myself and other stylists who even put up with like kind of a toxic work environment because they're like, you know what? This is the salon to work at. So (laughs) this is what we have to do to be successful, right? So I love that that has shifted so much now well i had very successful stylists at our shop when i I started seeing their instagram developing and becoming bigger and bigger organically which was like Mm -hmm. that's successful like right then and there i was like wow you know like that's amazing and i can start seeing and it didn't necessarily matter where they worked if they could go anywhere they literally Mm -hmm. can and i mean you know so so that's when i started really kind of getting intimidated about what the future holds so I've been doing it for 26 years, and I have always been doing it the traditional way. That's just because what that's what you're doing. You're bred to feel like that. Totally. You know, there was a time where you're making money, so you're like, oh, this is the only way. Mm-hmm. But that shifted. And all of a sudden, I saw, okay, we will now be in a position where it's not about us anymore. It's not about how great our salon is or how bad it is or whatever. It's about mm-hmm. them. And it's either you embrace this change or... You dig your feet in the sand and say, no, no, I'm just going to keep doing what I do and complain about like what social media has done to your business. Yes. Or, oh man, these damn millennials. Yeah. God, these damn the millennials economy. are just too smart. <laughs> these guys are just too smart for us. And, and you know, it's like, uh, and, and, and in, in reality, I, again, that then came why we did Sunday Salon Suites is because I felt that I, I was developing such good talent and, uh, they, I knew, I knew what they didn't want to tell me was is eventually they were going to go to suites. And right. I don't, if I don't shift now, my, my, my culture, if I don't start looking at it in a, I'm just going to be bankrupt uh, or just an old hairdresser behind the chair, trying to keep my business open. Uh, and yeah. I didn't want to be in that position. And I think that's so um, evolved. That's such a great way of looking at it because I know when the shift happened, there was a lot of salon owners who really dug in their heels the other way and started doing things like banning stylists from having their cell phones, banning them from having their own Instagram accounts, like all sorts of crazy stuff because they were still in that archaic mind frame that uh, we own our stylists and we own our clients. And I feel like anyone... It's just, you can't do that. It's never going to be the way to be successful. Oh, no. You just eventually, not only will not, uh, eventually, not only will you lose them, you will lose um, your legacy. People will Absolutely. always now look at that like, oh, you know, you got to go there and you got to sign a contract. Or, oh, if you go there, you really can't like post about anything besides them in that environment. And you get that. Like, you still get that today. So, so to kind of go back to what, how we did it at Salon Blanc, I mean, we basically just kind of like, we had a big staff meeting. And um, before that, I, I went to my wife and I said, okay, we're going to take everything that we've ever made and mm-hmm. go to the bank and we have to do these salon suites. And, you know, it was a bit of a, it was a huge risk. 
Um, yeah, but no I was kidding. fortunate enough that I was able to go to my team at that point and say, okay, I'm going to do some on suites who wants in and 30, 30% of the, uh, the, my staff, uh, at the time said, I want to take a salon suite. So I came, okay. Wow. I now have 30% of the people here willing to take suites. So then I just kind of like leaned on them and yeah. we worked together and, and, and kind of said, okay, like let's, let's build this thing. Um, it, we put ourselves in a bit of a financial risk, but you know, it's better than being the ladder where you're now like, I would, you know, technically be still cutting hair behind, behind the chair every single day, 10 hours a day with an assistant, double booking and running yeah. my day off. And, and <laughs> you know, just so I can keep the lights on. Yeah. And stressing about when the next uh, member of your oh. team goes off to start their own thing. Right. And, and that's the thing like now, nowadays, and it's no, it's not a discredit to staff and my, and the team now or anyone out there listening to this. It's like, it's easier to become a salon owner now. Now, when I say salon owner, it's easier to become a suite owner. And that's now the path is shortened before you would stay with your hair salon until you kind of have like a, a huge clientele. Um, mm -hmm. Now you don't need a huge clientele. Now you can kind of have a, oh, I'm still growing, but I can actually be my own salon owner much quicker. So the path mm -hmm. is shortened. And if you recognize that and give people the opportunity, then it's like you, you have some really successful young entrepreneurs who are just killing it. And they don't have to be a $10,000 a month. You don't have to sell $3,000 worth of retail commission or retail in order to get, you know, a 10% commission. You could yeah. run your own business successfully in a salon suite and kill it you just have to find that like inner okay i can do this it, it's us hairdressers we're so scared of change yes <laughs> we are so scared that's <laughs> so, so true we are so scared yeah like i i have you know i mean we we i have team team members right now who are just like you know they're the best behind the chair because they're like oh god you know we're gonna do this we should do this pixie we should do these like money pieces in the front but it's like okay when it's time for you to take that next step they're like oh god i'm not ready yeah <laughs> <laughs> like well when are you ready well i, I mean i don't know when i'm gonna be ready yeah <laughs> it's so great though the type of like the type of person you're describing the type of entrepreneur you're describing i think that is the dream staff member for any salon owner right someone who's driven and motivated and has goals and aspirations that's how you get the best work and how you build the best culture so the fact that you're able to kind of have that imprinted in even your commission salon i would imagine that you get the absolute best out of your team because they know that you're supporting them and they know that should they be ready to take the next step like you're there and you're not going to try and make them sign a contract for the next 40 years yeah. so you're gonna you know push them on their way and get excited for their success yeah i i you know it's funny so so yes we've we implemented a change in our in our at salon blonde now we basically only hire people who eventually want to own their own business mm -hmm. Now, when I say own your own business, it's owning your own suite. Now, I, again, people are probably like, well, they have to own a Sunday, a Sunday suite. No, not exactly. I'm supportive if you want to go anywhere, as long as you want to own your own space. So we will train you, not only in the kind of like giving you, you know, again, like Blunt's been around for a while. So, you know, we'll, we'll start filling your chair up and start building you up and getting you busy. Um, and then we then start training you on the business side of it. So now all of a sudden you are a, a, you know, a young person who, and that's the first thing we do in your interviews. Do you eventually want to own your own space? Mm -hmm. Yes. I said, no, no, I'm telling you this, like, it's okay. Be honest. Do you actually want to own your own business? Cause if you do, we will help you achieve that goal. Yeah. You have to, if you are a, maybe, no, nah, I don't, I don't know if I want to, I, we don't want to hire you. Right. The reason why, because exactly to your point, I want hungry, passionate individuals who we're okay, you're going to go. We want yeah. you to go because if you are successful and you are in that, and imagine that type of environment, having all of these individuals um, who are hungry, who eventually will eventually open. It's, it's like an open conversation. We talk about it. We set goals for each other. Um, and it's, it's a positive work environment. And I what just you do is, love this. Yeah, I mean, you get this kind of environment where you're like, wow, you know, like we can talk about eventually what my decor will look like and what my name is going to be. Like, mm -hmm. before, imagine 
talking about that in the back room of your hair salon where you're like, oh, I, I have a great idea for my, my salon name. And you couldn't because, you know, someone else heard they'd be like running to the manager being like, oh, so-and-so is opening up their own shop. <laughs> That's what happens. And here we're just like, okay, guys, like we'll have fun exercises. I'm like, okay, I want to hear everyone's salon name. What's your future brand name? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know. And, you know, and I want to help you. And, and by helping you, it's essentially guiding you to show you on the business side of it, you know, like how, how can I be more successful in that type of environment? And we'll show you. See, this is so great on my podcast. Like we talk a lot about mindset and whether consciously or not, I think this is the embodiment of a salon owner with an abundance mindset. Like, you know, that pouring into your staff, pouring into your team and helping them be successful is in no way going to detract from your own success. Whereas I think a lot of the time we see salon owners coming from like a lack mindset where they're like, Oh, we can't educate our staff too much or they'll leave us. Oh, we can't get them too, too busy or they'll leave us. And it's, it's that like clawing back of, you know, trying to almost limit someone else's success because you're scared they're going to overtake you. That I think is the reason that we see a lot of stylists leaving salons and it doesn't have to be a bad thing when someone moves on. Like, why can't we just kind of be like, Oh, I'm so glad that you were here for this time and, you know, continue supporting each other and just build those kinds of relationships. I mean, could you imagine being able to go into a salon environment and say, okay, you know, hey, listen, we know that there's an expiry date on this relationship. So let's make this time with each other like the best we can. And let me educate you. And, mm-hmm. and, and in turn, you know, like show that, like educate the younger ones that also come in board. But then when it's time for you to leave, let's, it, it, let's celebrate that moment. And I know probably people are like, that's crazy. There's probably like, I mean, there's salon owners probably being like, I could never do that. And I understand that, but that's because you're not willing to shift. You're not willing to understand it. Now imagine like put like like flip the tables. Let's say we're in a we're in a relationship and you were like the clingy demanding boyfriend or girlfriend. Eventually <laughs> that gets old, right? Totally. Eventually like that that your other partner's like, yeah, oh, man, like okay, I, we gotta like I we need space and I, I need to yeah. break up. Imagine being the opposite, being like, You gotta you do what you gotta do. Totally. And and then being and that person's going to want to stay with you and love you. And, and be there with you. And I, that's what we're finding now is we're finding more stylists being like, okay, I don't have to force myself into this position because you pushed me away. Um, it's kind of like, a, I, I know my time will come. Um, yep. I'm not ready yet. And Rob will probably tell me when I'm ready. Yeah. And, and, and vice versa. And it's such a great spot. Like I had, um, you know, I had uh, two amazing hairdressers that worked with me at Salon Blanc for so many years. They started off right from school. They built themselves up to become amazing hairdressers, like incredible people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they came over to Sundays and then they, they spent the, uh, this amazing year at Sundays. And then they went over to another salon suite and mm-hmm. it was fine. Like people kind of were looking for my reaction and I was like, oh, that's, that's like, that's, that's just like, that's how it is. It's okay. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, they don't owe me anything. They were with me like for that such a long period of time. And then they came over with me on Sundays and were my biggest supporters. And then they went over to the competition and it's like, I just wished them luck. I was like, this is amazing. This is an amazing opportunity for you. Like, it's like you're, you, your parents seeing you off getting married or getting your first apartment or going away to school. It's like, you're so proud because they've totally. now even accomplished even more. Um, God, like I, I was with them for five years. That's an yeah. eternity now in hairdressing. So oh, that's yeah. Kind of like, so that that's like our time has come and we're great. And it's totally I fun. love that. And it's so and that's like building such a healthy relationship and a healthy community because how many times like I don't know about you, but in the past, like I've gone to hair shows and someone that I'm with will see a stylist they used to work with and it's almost like, oh my God, we can't talk to them. Whereas now I feel like we go to education and it's cool because you meet these stylists that you've interacted with on Instagram and Correct. it's it's turning into like this small community that's so much more supportive than competitive and I love that yeah and, and I, I actually enjoy going to those shows now when you start seeing like individuals and they're like oh my god hi like we're insta friends I love it and it's yeah it's really cool <laughs> no I get it there's probably like um salon owners probably like sweating every time that they go like they they like let their students go or their uh, team members go um but 
this is it. That's exactly how you said it. I mean, you know, there's these classers want to like hang out with this person from this city or this particular salon. Um, but guys, like it's, it's so funny. Like everything's the same. It's no different in any other shops. I mean, obviously there's horrible shops and really good shops and really yeah. bad shops and amazing shops, but like everything's the same. You still go to hair, you still go to work, you still cut hair, you still make money and then you kind of repeat. Um, yeah. It's who you are. Like, what type of environment do I want? You know, and a lot of it is confidence and, and finding your space. But um, yeah, the culture has definitely changed now, um, yeah. more so than ever. And even like when we had before COVID, obviously when people were coming from out of town to do these classes, I, I remember like people would be like, oh my God, uh, this person's coming and this person's coming. And again, no one ever said like, they're coming from this shop. That's so true. And I know some commission stylists who are so happy at their salon. They don't want to leave. Like, but the ticket is like, it's not that their salon owner is holding them hostage. They are just like, they have created a culture that is so like, they know they could leave, but they're happy yeah. where they are for now because their salon owner is giving them a room to grow. And that I think is the key. Like that is like the golden ticket as a salon owner. If you're sitting listening to this right now and you're like, oh, like I just don't, like I, I'm just so terrified to like give my stylist any wiggle room because I'm terrified they're going to leave. But reframe that. If you make your culture, your salon culture so amazing and so giving to your stylist, it's not going to be a big deal for you when they decide to move on because you're going to have 10 stylist resumes who want to come work with you because you have this reputation for nurturing and growing your stylist, right? So you can go at it from that approach. Correct. Now, it, like, again, if I, if there are salon owners out there, like listening and you're, you know, you're kind of in that mindset, like, okay, how do I grow my team and not feel stressed all the time about them leaving? It's accepting that they will leave you every yes. day. Now, like, just accept it. It's going to happen. Will you be sad? Yes. I'm sad. I get sad still, mm -hmm. but I, it, I don't take it personally. I, I mean, I don't, I, I just look at it like, okay, and it's meant to be. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard. Um, but someone will walk through that door and will replace that feeling. It will be, oh, okay, this is why I, I heard it. And now, and I was hurting and now I'm back. And it's like, oh, look at this person. And, um, it, it's time because if you don't change, you will not only build a reputation because now social media is like wildfire. Like, I mean, yeah. talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, you will build that reputation where it's not a great place to go to, especially if you are making staff sign contracts. Um, yeah. I would, I would encourage open dialogue, communicate, communicate, communicate. I'm talking about communicating with them, actually just sitting down and being like, Hey, how are you? You know, what's your goals? And, and, yeah. and be like, it's okay. Talk about your goals. I want to help you achieve those goals. What are mm -hmm. your goals? I want to be. I want to be working for Kevin Murphy or I want to be, so I want to be this here. I want to make this much money. I can show you because I did that. Yeah. Yes. Meaning like the salon, like I, Hey, I, I was you, I can help you. The moment you do that, you get an automatic, like, I want to be a part of this team. You know, I want to be a part of you. I want to like, this is really healthy. Now the moment you're the opposite and you know, you don't encourage growth because oh they're gonna leave you i know salons that have cameras that like have like you could hear people talking and have the cameras and they just put all the camera stuff in the staff room and all they're doing is just oh let's go home and like listen to what people talked about that's wow toxic not only for yourself but but for your team you know absolutely you oh, can't be myself in here and what they're just basically doing is just saying okay i'm just gonna make my money i'm gonna build my staff collect, collect all this information and then go when the opportunity is there. Yep. It's interesting you say that because my coach actually said that to me when I first started working with her. She's like, a really great mindset shift to accomplish is the fact that everything has an expiration date. Every yeah. relationship has an expiration date and it doesn't have to be a negative thing, right? So it can be, you know, like you go through and I'm sure when you see these stylists that you've, you know, taken through this transformation, when you see them, they're so happy because you were such an instrumental part of their journey as opposed to feeling like icky and like regretful that they have to be in the same room as you because you had this horrific breakup. Like it doesn't have to be Correct. that way. 
Yeah, and and that's 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 the main thing is just hey, I'm not trying to portray a picture of like it's this beautiful situation. We have had people come and gone. Um, mm-hmm. Again, being in business for Blunt Salon's been around for 15, almost 15 years. Listen, no one's going to be. Not everyone's happy, and at times, right. no one is. Um, and people leave and people come and people come back and people leave again. It, it, it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. what I look at those types of experiences, it's like, Hey, it is what it is. You know, um, you know, we have people like young people that come to us and we develop them and then they go work at another salon. Uh, at that point, I'm like, they're not going to another suite or they're not going to a suite or anything like that. They just go to another shop. And, you know, usually it's because like, oh, I, I needed this more. I wanted this more. Or the environment wasn't right. And, and that's totally fine. I, I say right at that very moment, hey, that's totally cool. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, even in school, they probably talk about it in school where you're like, you know, you like be afraid of the salon owner because he's going to not want yes. you to go. They're going to tell clients <laughs> that you died. Um, yes. They're not going to give you the book. And like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, like social media, it's like every salon owners, all of your staff have all of the information of their clients. It's all totally. Yeah. I mean, like it's, 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 it is. So get like get over it. And mm-hmm. instead of being like, you know, oh, you're never going to get a job ever. Okay, good luck. You know, good luck. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Good luck. Hey, exactly. Me, like, I appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, when I talk to my tech entrepreneur friends and my other business friends who don't know the beauty end of it, when they're like, go to their employer and say, hey, I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to go over here. It's like, let's have a party. Congratulations. Good for you. Totally. But for some reason, yeah, but for some reason, any but any our hair industry business, it's just like let's burn this person at the stake because they're totally. Leaving, you know, let's totally that. You know, let's let's and, act let's act like those those extremely successful entrepreneurs who like you know go from one tech industry to another uh, and shift companies. You see it on LinkedIn all the time. I mean, that's oh, why they totally. have LinkedIn. <laughs> and, and I think you know, that's. That's the thing too, right? It's like, I mean, I know that there's like some people who, you know, salon owners will approach them and be like, Hey, like, just in case you ever want to change. And for whatever reason, that's like so offensive to a salon owner, right? Whereas headhunting is a normal part of every other business. So why don't we just kind of embrace it? You know? I mean, I'll ask hairdressers, are you on LinkedIn? Um, No, because I don't know what it would do for my business. I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. you know, and then of course, like the moment you're on LinkedIn, everyone's thinking like, oh my God, she's trying to find a job. It's like, no, you are your own entrepreneur. I'm on LinkedIn and, you know, because of my multiple businesses, you know, I put hairdresser first and then I put all the little companies that I founded and stuff like that because I want yeah. people to recognize that I am a hairdresser. I want to be able to be like, we are extremely successful. I know hairdressers that make, make more than lawyers, doctors, because they work hard. The sky is really is the limit. It's one of those things in the hair industry that, and I fully believe this, that you get to decide. You get to decide how much money you make. You get to decide what your success path looks like. And it's so liberating if we can just kind of, as an industry, evolve to be supportive and to see that shifting and changing is a positive and not becoming a dreaded salon hopper or whatever. Yeah. And again, like, I think the, the culture of that, I think that salon hopper, that word that you just used is something that was created by a salon owner because like totally. nowadays it's, it's totally <laughs> fine. Like I don't even look at it like, Oh, Oh, you worked at like 10 salons. I mean, like I get it. If you're, if you're going because you're running away from something, mm-hmm. um, then that's, that's on you. Um, but if, if you are like, I mean, God, like the most successful, like this is, this is what blows me away. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. Chefs, chefs go to like the most successful chefs have worked at every successful restaurant. Why is because they're getting the best education they can possible. So yet they are revered. A cook is more revered than a hairstylist. Exactly. And they're afraid like, Oh my God, you work here and here and here and here and here and here. That's amazing. We say that it's like, ah, oh, there's something wrong with you. No, yes. there isn't. <laughs> I, I, could just, I could just be someone that's just like, I really wanted to learn from the best. I wanted to Absolutely. learn from this particular person. And I wanted to go there. I wanted to go to New York. I wanted to go to Calgary. I wanted to go to Montreal, which I did yeah. and worked at small for free, you know, when I, like way back when to just kind of get an idea. 
And it wasn't, you know, uh, but you're right. That cult, that, that mindset of like, oh, you're a salon hopper. It's kind of, uh, yeah. I feel so like weird about it because to me, it's like, yeah, like, you know, we have like successful chefs that open up to these successful restaurants and you, you know, they, they've traveled the world. They've done, they've worked everywhere. And, yet and that's their resume. That's, that's their right. resume, right? Like the, the places that's so interesting. Cause I actually was looking at a new salon or a new uh, restaurant that opened in Edmonton a couple years ago. And that was what the bio of the chef was, was all these different restaurants that he had worked at before he opened and, this one. So yes, and we love him. We're like, Whoa, yeah. this guy's amazing. <laughs> and then I heard that Got in here. like, Ooh, you're, Ooh, you're what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, oh. totally. <laughs> Embrace it. Love that. And you know, hey, good for you. You did it. That's amazing. I love this conversation because this is honestly the entire reason that I started this podcast because I wanted people to, I wanted to kind of show stylists that there's so many options. There's so many things you can do. And I think that as an industry, like the more we start talking about this and the more we kind of bring it to the forefront, like we kind of take a little bit of that stigma away. And I think that is like the most powerful thing we can do. I think um, I, I would love for, you know, the younger generation. I, ho- I really hope that like, there are y- younger hairdressers out there. And when I say younger hairdressers, it doesn't necessarily mean early 20s. You could be in your 30s. I, I'll stress, I never actually started developing any of my brands until I hit 40. I was a hairdresser really? behind the chair. Absolutely. Yeah, I never started masks uh, Sundays until I hit 40. So that's why sometimes I get amazed when I hear young people being like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I started doing what I did at 40. Because I was like, I'm going to get crushed and it's, it's never too late. So I, I want, you know, stylists and salon owners to be like, I can change. I can change my culture. I can change who I yeah. am. I can be what I want to be. I, I can do, you know, create what I want to create. And that's not necessarily behind the chair. I know we, we see others out there becoming successful in, in other avenues and other types of businesses. And here we are hairdressers being like, well, I'm only a commission stylist. It's like, girl, guy, you can do so much more being a commission stylist. You can, you can be the best. Um, if, if you find it in yourself to go after those goals, if you wanted to be, I want to be a social media star. It's like, you can do it. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you can, you can open up a salon. You can do it. It's just a matter of being able to fight it in within yourself to, to do it. Like I said, I I was four years old when I first did mask, um, because I was, again, cutting hair behind the chair, like an animal. Um, and I, (laughs) I, I was selling a lot of products. And I thought, man, you know, like I'm getting to a particular point where I'm not going to be cool anymore. I'm not going to be the cool hairdresser anymore because I saw all this, like all this young talent around me and they were kicking ass. And so I need to kind of find my, what's, what's my thing. And that's when we did mask and then mask motivated me to do Sundays. Yeah. And then, you know, that kind of motivated me to do all, all my other projects that kind of now put me in a place where it's just like, damn, you know, I do hair now, but I do hair for fun. I do hair, yeah, I totally. hair three days a week at, at our Strathcona location. It's 375 square foot barbershop and I love it. It's fun for me. I, you know, I don't, I don't stress about the bottom line. I, I, it's my like office. If you ever want to talk to me or see me, you come to Strathcona. I'll buy you a coffee and let's hang out. Cause that's kind of like, <laughs> that's my Zen place. In, 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 yeah. In, that's awesome. Fun. There was a time where hair wasn't fun for me because I was afraid to like, okay, how am I going to make money? How am I going to keep my lights on? How, how am I, yeah. you know, like there was that time, you know? So. Well, and I think we all, I mean, I know most hairstyles that I know personally, like friends and, um, you know, colleagues in the past, we've all hit a point in the hair industry where we think we want to leave the industry. I think we've all come home from work and been like, what are we doing? Like th- this Correct. has yep. been so draining. Everyone's been there at least once. And I think yep. a lot of it Locked. was... Yeah. And it's a lot of it was that like, you know, whether you're working somewhere that doesn't fulfill you, whether you're, you know, have a clientele that you don't love. But I think that we all think of these, like for me, when COVID hit, especially, and like with the rise of the independent education movement and everything, I think it's Mm -hmm. kind of redefined stability. And we all just kind of had to learn in a really sudden and shocking way that um, career stability is an illusion. 
basically. And, you know, we can take these risks. Yeah. Because that's the thing. If you're working for someone else, you never know. Like I've seen really successful salons that, you know, the money was mismanaged and they have to close. And then all of a sudden these stylists that have been there for 20 years are like, Oh, like I thought I had it going on. So I think embracing that fluidity and being able to pivot and transition your career is a strength that like, it's not only a nice strength to have, I think it's a necessity now. You know, you hit the head, you hit the head on the nail there. Um, or the, yeah. So <laughs> in, in, in all of it, even me, um, there was a time where I thought, man, like, I, I don't know, I'm done. And again, this is like 26 years of doing hair for sure. I've had multiple times where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is, yeah. What am I doing? You know? And, and everybody's like that. And sometimes you get to you when you're like, it, it happens usually when you're like really starting out first, cause you like get into a shop, you're making some mistakes. The older salon owners or the older salon people are like picking on you a little bit, you know, and you're yes. like, this is not fun. Yeah, um, this then you kind of like break out of that and you're like, okay, that hardened me a little bit and I'm better. Um, yeah. And then you get to a point where you're like, I'm just plateauing. Like maybe I've hit my plateau. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's, that's like, that's when you work and you find your passion and you go for it. Um, yeah. but you're right. Like there is that, uh, like, like the environment has created this kind of like illusion of like, you, 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 you see, you think you like, Oh, that salon just closed down. And you thought, you thought that was like the big, the best and busiest salon and not necessarily we're all there. Me and anyone who's listening, we're the same. You yeah, are sure. who I was five, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I've been there and I will tell you, and I will assure you, please don't give up. Don't quit. Just find what you love. I remember coming home and my wife was a hairdresser as well. So, um, you know, we, we like combined, we've been doing her forever for a long time. And I, I remember like, she'd be like, man, we are so busy. Like, this is great. Like our books look good. Everything's looking good. And I'm like, now is the time we go head on. Let's, 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 let's get our moms to come and babysit the kids because now we're going to go harder than we ever have before. It's going to be frustrating because you're like, damn, mama, I'm busy. But like, then, then you start seeing the rewards at that very moment. Oh, that's such a good point too, because I see like that a lot with, as you know, like I work a lot with stylists on like building marketing strategies and personal brands. Um, and I see that a lot where stylists will be like so busy that they really let all of the marketing slide and they really let all of that branding slide. And then it gets like two months later and they're like, um, what happened? Like I was so busy and I was so like, everything was bumping and now it's like nobody is here. And I think that's the thing that when you are in those times where you're the busiest, it's still important. And there's so many tools nowadays, like you can outsource, you can schedule yeah. stuff, you can do all sorts of things to make it less. And that's why less there's no grind. Exactly. That that's moment, the thing. You just said it. There are so many things that you can do while you're super busy that there is zero excuse for you mm-hmm. not to do it. Like I, I look, I, I look at Instagram all the time and I see stylists and like, Oh, I'm not taking any clients until December. That's great. Yeah. But you shouldn't, be like you should be talking about like i'm not taking any more clients and let's get you booked for december january february the hardest totally january february march let's get you in there let's let's do you there like hey uh you know you're slammed i'm slammed my books are closed until december but let's say client walks in being like you need to book that day on this like you need to book february 2nd because I'm filling up. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's just little things like that. So one day you can look back at this point and trust me, whatever you give to your profession, like hair, you will get back times 10. I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. Oh God, I've had so many clients. It's like, I get it. That, that's when you feel like that. Go harder. Go a little bit harder. And when I think or harder, smarter. Or smarter. And that's yeah. exactly it. And, and, and you literally, instead of like being, you know, coming home and just, you know, de-stressing a little bit, take that extra 10 minutes and be like, okay, let's strategize a little bit. Let's, yes. Let's, how can I, how, let's, let's, let's strategize a little bit more. How do I, do I do something a little bit more with my page on social? Do I maybe do little other little things? So I put myself out there a little bit more, never get to that valley. The valley may come, but you'll be already prepared. I, I mean, it's, you know. 
I think that's such a good point though. I see a lot of the time too, where it was almost a badge of honor to say like, oh, my books are closed. And to me, I see that and I'm like, that's the kiss of death. Like three months from now, you're, you're going to be so regretful that you did that. Cause then people are going to be like, oh, like what happened? Why are you opening your books up again? You know, I get it. Like the perception again, social media did that for everybody. It's like, you know, perception. Yeah. Yeah. It's like social media did this like weird thing to a lot of people where it's like, oh, my books are closed and I'm not taking that is the kiss of death like, mm-hmm. I, I, to this, even at my busiest i never said that i was fully booked in that and i'd have clients call me and be like are you taking new clients uh yeah i'll do another episode on success yeah. strategies <laughs> oh, totally I, I, I don't like i used to see that all the time like sorry my books are closed and then you know then you're seeing them later on well you're what you're trying to do now is you're trying to reel back all those clients that you kind of gave off this like negative vibe because please trust me it's more competitive than ever there are young people mm-hmm. coming out of school that are shooting their work 10 times better than you are and absolutely they're they may not be as experienced as you but they already will find that client before back in the day before social media was word of mouth so you'd have to do all these heads and promote yourself within and get people to come into you because oh uh, judy sent me over here and oh great right there now it's social media client goes on goes on and just says yeg hairstyles or whatever mm-hmm. and um all this stuff comes out and they just click on the photo that they like the most and that's who they can go to that particular person could be like six months out of school but because she Absolutely. shot that picture so beautifully she just got a client that could have been yours but your books are yep. closed well and i think the thing is too like it's almost like now i mean when i finished her school edu- getting education was hard like old like advanced education was hard, right? Like you had to wait for either someone really great to come to the city that you're in, or you had to travel. Whereas now, like you can literally search Instagram, find five amazing independent educators that you connect with, purchase their online course and bam, like you can be you can have all this knowledge and then you have the opportunity to market yourself for free. Like we never had this stuff in the beginning. I think it's so, this is the stuff that gets me super excited because I'm like, there's so much opportunity, even if you did just come out of school, I think it's really amazing. Yeah, more than ever now, you you know, to be a successful hairdresser can become, it, it, the competition's high for sure, but becoming mm-hmm. one is, is definitely easier. Like I tell uh, yeah. our team at Mast and at Blunt, don't come into work to, to perform the service. Everyone's doing a service right now. Mm-hmm. Be more than that. Be the, the culture, the, like provide the community aspect, welcoming them. Because if you're just performing the service, they can go anywhere. And Totally. So, so get out of the mindset that I'm, I'm just performing a service. Perform more. Give them more. Um, one of my great mentors said to me, you know, Rob, you... You're a slow hairdresser, so you have one client today. Give her the best experience that you could ever give. I mean, you got nowhere to go. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, and that's how I established my mindset in throughout my whole life. And to this day, when I have like a, you know, I'm doing a client who sits in my chair, it's like, it's not about the service anymore. It's about the relationship. It's about the, the culture we're creating. I want you to totally. come to see me because like, we just talked about like your hair goals from, from before. And I want to know about like you. Um, because the service, everyone can do the service. Absolutely. And like you, we said, what separates you from somebody else is the fact that you provide that like other step, that other thing. And it separates yeah. you from everybody else. Well, and I think it's, yeah, it's not just about, like you said, it's not just about what you're doing. So even saying like working more, it's not necessarily like 12 hour days behind the chair, but that could mean, you know, setting aside three hours on a Monday to strategize your marketing. I think those are the things that are increasingly important and making sure that you are staying inspired because I fully believe that in our industry, it's so easy to get burnt out and overwhelmed. And it's absolutely crucial to providing great service and to doing great marketing to constantly inspire yourself, whatever that looks like. For some people, it's education. For some people, it's getting, for me, it's getting in there and strategizing. That is what lights me up. And I think that everyone needs to find what that thing is in their business and dive into that. 
I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> it's like amazing. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely get super motivated by strategizing as well. Like just, you know, you and I have multiple conversations before and before this. And I, I get off the phone every single time with you, like just motivated. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, I love to see people like you kind of uh, get outside of the box. You're you're a trained traditional, you're a trained hairdresser by trade. Totally. But yeah. I see how you portray yourself on social media and even just doing this podcast. No one's doing that. You know, and that's like, that's cool. Like I, I turned around and I, I, I went to my team and I'm like, I want to do a podcast too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Because totally. I was so envious of this like super successful person in St. Albert. And I'm just like, man, you know, and that's, that, I, and that's, that motivated me to do more. Yeah. And, 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 and that's how it should be. That's how it should be with hairdressers. Yeah. Like, all get together and, or, and I, I, I and then, and then, and then talk about it and strategize about like, what's your plan? Like, what's your goal, you know, and, and be it successful, you know, um, at Sundays, um, we encourage the people in those suites. Uh, we have, uh, we get together all the time. Uh, we, you know, mm -hmm. we have a lounge in our space that, like literally we encourage people to like hang out in like hang out here talk to your neighbors uh get ideas off of each other help each other co-brand with each other you know I yeah people, there's nail people and the environment that we've created in there it's just more than just a salon space now our salon suite space it's it's somewhere you can go and kind of be like okay i'm okay i'm okay here I'm like yeah i'm okay for sure. like if I, you know and i mean we're always on site to kind of help people out when it comes to the business side of it um, you know, and it's just like that, like just kind of meeting people like yourself who kind of, you know, given us this, like this, this platform to talk about it, which is even better. Well, I think one of the best things you can do when you're going independent or when you're wanting to make a shift is invest in coaching. I think that like having a coach or someone to help you like stay accountable and stay motivated is amazing. So it sounds like you're almost doing that for, well, no, not almost. You are doing that for not only your salon team, but your salon suites business as well, which is really, really cool. And Jordi, you know what? It's beautiful that you said, because I know you do that. And it's, it's, it's amazing because like, and I, I'm telling this out to, so there's the most wealthiest, successful people in the city, in, in our, in our cities. And mm -hmm. uh, all of them have a coach. Yeah. All of them. Absolutely. All of them have a coach. All of them have a mentor. They all, yeah. um, I'll tell you, they all have these business groups that they get together every Wednesday morning and they sit down and they talk, complain and talk about their successes and their failures openly in hair is the only spot that even even myself i've offered my help to you know brand new salon owners hey like you're opening up a shop i can help you mm -hmm. um i don't need your help <laughs> it's like I'm not, I'm not i don't want like i don't want anything from you but if you do need anything i'm here to help yeah. you because we think that we have all the answers and yet there are successful fortune 500 companies that have coaches ceos yes. wealthy people have mentors and coaches because you need that you need that to get better. I can, you need that I can, for that yeah. motivation. Sorry for cutting you Oh, that's okay. I can honestly say that has been the number one in my life. The best money I think I have ever spent is on coaching and joining a mastermind and being surrounded with like-minded people. Like that has been the biggest game changer for me, like period. So I yeah, think it's I, so invaluable. I'm shocked that we don't do it enough in hair because it's like, we always look at it as like, well, you're my competition. It's like, I'm not competing with you. I don't want, mm -hmm. like, we're not competition. You're a busy hairdresser. I'm a busy hairdresser. That's it. You only can, yeah. you can only service this many clients. So, you know, like once you get to that particular point, that's it. You can't grow mm -hmm. anymore, but I can help you achieve more based on the and amount maximize. of time that we give ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why you need a coach. <laughs> and totally. It's crazy. And it's not always about making more money either. Like I, one of my um, coaching clients, she is super booked, does not need any more money. She just wants to shift it slightly. And she just wants to kind of create like a different brand and needs the guidance and the help on learning that skill and kind of transitioning through that. People sometimes think that you would hire a coach if you're in a place of failure, which you absolutely can to get you through that. But you can also hire a coach if you're like, say your clientele is full, but you're still working evenings and you don't want to, or you're still doing services that you don't want to. Like, 
even just guide, getting a guide through those transitions, I think can be really, really helpful. So exactly. And it's just, you know, maybe we'll get there one day. Uh, and I hope mm-hmm. we get there one day where we're okay to like talk. It's to getting our there. I think. I think so. Yeah. That's slowly getting there for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just like to be able to kind of like look to your peers and people that are like, again, I've been in the hair industry for 26 years and uh, we opened up a consulting company and uh, I offer my, I offer my help. And I mean, I'll offer it to anybody just like yourself. Like, you know, it's just more so just like, Hey, how can we make a better you? Um, How can we make a better you behind the chair and outside of the chair? And mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you know, you're like, you're, 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 you'll become more successful, not only like, but not dollar value, but just successful at life. And you'll be happier yes. and more like, you know, but, 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 but because we're so trained to just follow the path mm-hmm. that we get stuck in like these situations, like guys, like I don't know any hair salon. And I, and I tell you this, like salon owners and salon, like there's no hair salon ever. They all eventually close down. Right. right. Done. Yeah. There you yep. go. Eventually. Now yeah. that you know that, that's <laughs> yep. it. So, so how are we going to make my life better while I'm in this environment? You are not going to, you're not, you're not changing the wheels. You're going to open up your salon like everyone else does. Yeah. Work your ass off and then it will close like yep. all hair salons do. Right. We're, we're not yep, like they eventually salon do. that you're, well, you're, there isn't a salon that we know of. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong that you're like, oh, that salon has been around for a hundred years. No, it hasn't. There's no salon. No, you hear, I can't think you of any. Other, exactly. You, or a salon that's been around for 50 years. You don't. Yeah. You just don't know. <laughs> and the ones that have been around for 20 or 30 years, you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, they've been around, but like, it's, it's not like the best situation. Well, sometimes like, they sell or get rebranded or exactly, yeah, there yeah. is a transition. Always, that's always, right. always, you always. You like yeah. this, oh, this restaurant's been around for 50 years. Yeah. But in hair, you don't. So, so now with that mindset, like, okay, how can I make my life better? I mean, that's where we are here. Like, yeah, I, I encourage the coaching more so than ever, uh, especially in this particular time. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's, it's this, we're going to see a lot more shifts, I think in the next like couple years. And I think that's a really good place to end off actually, that we just like take the, take the pressure off that you have to do something that's going to last the rest of your life. Everything comes to an end. So make make where you're at now the best it can be and build your best life and best career moving forward. I, Jordi, thank you so much for this opportunity. I, I will like, yeah, I mean, you just said it beautifully. I mean, you know, I never started doing any of my brands until I was 40 and 43 now. And um, we have six different types of brands and it was probably the best thing I ever did um, making those, taking that leap. I'm very grateful for hair. I'm so lucky that I, I, I was good at it. And, um, you know, and I'm out there for anyone who wants to ever reach out to me. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm anytime I'm, I love yeah. to like help people and develop people. I love to see successful hairdressers become better than themselves to this day. I'll tell you this to, to cut it really short, but to this day, people, people come up to me all the time. You must be so successful. What does success mean? Financial? I'm not rich. But am Mm -hmm. I happy? I'm the happiest I've ever been. And that's That's because I was able I'm able to shift. I was able to fail. I was able to like do the things that I kind of wanted to do without anyone's care. Without just just let's just do it. Let's see what happens. I love that. So where can people find you? Um, uh, well, you know, salon, uh, Sunday Salon Suites, we have uh, in downtown and we're uh, going to be um, expanding into the market of St. Albert. Uh, Mast has been in downtown and Strathcona. Um, and then Salon Blunt, obviously, is in downtown. You could direct message me on, on my Instagram at Rob underscore Gaspar. I love chatting about hair. I love my profession. I love I love what hair can do for us as, as people. I, I totally. you know, I'm... I got three beautiful kids. I got a wife who's in hair. Like my, my, my kids, that's all they know is hair. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and hair is, is one profession. Like we, we touched, like you can make as much money as you want. It's really up to you. And Absolutely. Uh, that's that's, that's what makes it kind of sexy and fun. So. Yep. I truly so believe this, this is uh, the best industry in the world. So it is. It is. yes, it was Absolutely. so fun talking to you, Rob. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Hairstylist Rising. 
please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode.